0: Santa IBS It's the night before Christmas And I'm still at home Having a very hard time getting dressed Because of the quakes this year My skin hangs off my bones It's all been separated The skin on my skull I have to stretch it and tie it Like a pigtail coming out of my head And I'm not a good tire of skin So I have to get my wife to help me She doesn't have hands because of the sugars But she has these little chopsticks that she could stick in And then I have to tie it myself And it never looks right It never looks cute Not like the back of a pig looks cute But my wife is kind And she says it's really better that it doesn't look cute Nothing has looked cute, honey, I say Not for a very long time she fills her mouth with sugar and kisses my pink tail. She holds it in her mouth. I hold her sticks and push them in. She gasps and I stop. This is all the energy we have. It takes all year to build it up. The beard. The beard. beard used to be real. The real one fell victim to the rumble. And now this fake thing hangs tight against my neck, fooling no one. My hair, too, has been shook free. It's just loose ends running into scalp strands on bare pink skin. And we don't use any kind of glue because we're afraid the skin might just rip off and cause a whole mess of other problems, so I have to wear this fucking hat. Every goddamn day, right down to my eyebrows, every goddamn day. I am the only thing moving in my house. My wife has fallen asleep with a candle next to her bed. Years ago, I would have said something. Now I open the window and let in a breeze. When I leave the room, I hold my breath and can hear the flicker of the flame. I don't want to burn down my house. I keep telling myself that. I've, I've been doing this for years. And I think she knows and also knows I don't really mean it because the candle's always out and the window is always closed when I creep back into our room. I walked in the snow slowly and carefully, holding my hand to my stomach. And I thought about all the tough times, about the fall of everything, and I couldn't believe that we we're still here still together. The only little man left is snug in his bed pretending to sleep as I walked by his window. He has only ever made one toy in his life a doll to dissuade girls from having kids that sighed when you pulled its string and whimpered and moved away from you when you pressed its belly. He lives in a shack surrounded by fallen little man shacks and By the way he is vibrating, I can tell he has images of my wife dancing in his head. Images of her holding his elf cock with her sticks. And now I'm outside his window, my head full of images dancing in my head of his plums and my wife's sugar sticks. And it's upsetting, and it's never going to fucking happen as long as I'm alive, but I can't stop the dancing. The sugar is puddling in the water, and her kerchief has slipped off her head. And the little elf in my head has moved to the window, and it's me in the bed getting toyed with. And tossed around, and it's the little man, the only little man that is here, and only alive, because he's waiting for me to die, is the one pulling his pants down in an uncontrollable panic, squeezing his legs together, forcing them apart, gasping, gasping, saying, oh fucking Christ. This is so goddamn awful. I wish it was him out there, standing calmly now, feeling the unwelcome warmth, the hot liquid freezing on his little legs, the steam rushing from his turned-up feet. I wish it was him out there, losing himself uncontrollably in the snow, but it was me in my cap down to my brows. The little man arose. And stared out at me by his sill and asked Santa, Santa, why such a clatter? He sprang from the bed to see what was the matter, and into the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, jumped into him and onto him, and let it all run loose from my pants, from my head, from my fist. I pounded my brain into his, let it all run loose, and soaked through the top, down the string, and out the ball. And as I felt him drown underneath me, I looked at his wall and saw that he had scratched a series of pictures detailing my life with my wife, and showed her with a string out of her back, and me moving towards, and her moving away, and at the bottom, it read in an angry scrawl. Santa can't have kids. I didn't have parents. I had fingers and breasts that came out of the snow to tickle me and feed me and change me and play peekaboo by opening and closing my eyes, saying, here I am, there you are. Everything in my life was always appearing and then going away, sometimes never to come back. When I was five years old, my fingers and breasts never came back and I was fed by birds, the way they feed their young, mouth to mouth. I grew to like it and grew wings. The birds that raised me brought me gifts, sticks and feathers and bones. They brought me clothes of drowned sailors and polar bears and buckets of blood. They brought me wood and glass and wheels. They brought me books and bags from children from shipwrecks full of wonder and stories and toys. They brought me Bibles and eyeglasses and gloves. They taught me to fly as I grew and I learned how to make things grow. Not weeds and plants and trees but rocks and leaves and birds. I once made a bird so big and long it grew all the way to the sun. And it took a year to stop burning. When I was 15 they brought me men, large men from the south, and the birds said, make them giant, make them build you a world. But I was bored with growing, I made their bodies small and fiddled with their brains. I made their love for me grow, and I made them be able to reproduce and made them make a million of themselves, made a giant farm of little men and made them make little things to make me happy. They made me a little cozy house and a little cozy village. They made me a plump beautiful wife who made the most wonderful soups. And they made for me a village for themselves, a giant series of shacks made of the bones of the men and animals. The birds picked out of the sea, which we painted yellow and pink and blue to make them less dreary. And they made themselves a workshop in which each little man had a cubicle, and they made toys for me. Every year the little men lined up to show me what they had done. If I liked what they did, I sent them back to make more. If I didn't like what they made, I scolded them and threw what they made into my wife's soup. If they came back again, and I hated it, my wife added both the toy and them to her soup. The little men did not want to be soup, but at the same time thought it was in some ways an honor. This went on for many years, and my cozy little village began to fill up with toys The little men started making things smaller to please me, and some of them evolved to being so small that I would have to have them climb up onto my lap with a tiny ladder so I could see what they had made for me. My wife thought the littlest men and toys made for the best soups, and in an effort to please her, I stopped caring about the quality of men and toys and only cared about the quality of soup. The little men evolved to being bigger. To avoid being part of the soups. But then my wife decided that large men and large toys made for delicious soup. And pretty soon everything was wonderful for soup. And the toys started being so poorly made that sometimes they would crumble in my hands, which my wife said that's good for the soup. And that is when I said, This whole thing is getting ridiculous. I worried and worried that my life was a waste. Why did I spend so much time eating things I found inferior? And why did I have all these little men who could have built a ladder to the heavens, a stepladder to the fucking heavens, and I had them making toys I didn't play with? I just tossed them over to the I like this pile or to the pile labeled soup. Sometimes the piles grew so large that they joined. In the beginning... I tried to go back and ask myself again, did I like this tiny little thing or did it make me sick enough to eat? What's the point of my life, I screamed. Deep inside my head. I looked at my wife, stirring and stirring and saw nothing but ugliness. I still took her deep into my arms at night but wanted with more frequency to hold her from behind it was in one of those moments that I decided I would never eat another drop of soup that I would going back to being fed by the birds this is when the rumbles began I felt a looseness in my stomach and then it tightened up and then it hurt, hurt, hurt. So much I squealed. And I went outside and stared into the sky, searched for birds, and one landed on me. A Chinese finch who whispered, Did it go away, Santa? The feeling? Yes, finch, I said. And it went away, Fastest birds. And the finch asked, Did it really go away, Santa? And then the finch flew away. And fast as hell, my stomach rumbled, quaked, bubbled, and squeaked. And out there in the night, under the breast of the moon, under the illuminated fingers of the sky, everything inside of me, and I mean everything, blew out of me, and I fell to the ground. and could think of nothing worse. And while down there, my face in shitty snow, I thought of something better. And that's when I invented Christmas. You all know the story of Christmas and my role in it. I had a couple of really good years. I I stopped eating my men and only ate from the mouths of birds. My stomach grew strong and I flew around the world and gave my goods to all the children of the world. It was much easier to give to all of them rather than decide who was a Christian and who was a sinner, who was naughty and who was nice because everyone seemed pretty much the same, just richer and poorer. My wife fell into a depression after there was no reason to cook, which led to a candy addiction because it was Hard to get out of bed because of the stickiness of the sheets. We began to sleep in separate beds. Like all relationships that have this moment, we explained to each other that it was just temporary and once I told her from across the room, it's it's like we we're kids in love in separate worlds and we 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 long. I heard crunches and licks and said, I wish you were doing that to me. She said, dusting crumbs from her lap. Why weren't we ever able to have kids? During some tough times, I started to get lazy and hated to fly, so the birds brought me the reindeer. You all know this stupid story. These filthy fucking things that flew for me from house to house and asked for nothing in return. We never spoke. I never called out to them. They had orders. They knew their place. I never had to lash them I never cared that much My wife and I never slept in the same bed again She grew from plump to huge And I would shrink her down to make her happy But she would just grow again Each time I did this she resented me I'm only trying to help I'm getting nothing out of this anymore I just want to make you happy She said Do you have any idea how cruel you are? The worry over my marriage sent me back to bad eating and pretty soon I was plucking birds from the sky and eating them whole, turning them inside out in my stomach. I could feel their beaks ripping through walls as I tried to digest them. The birds came to me in a large terrifying group and said in a large terrifying voice, Santa, why are you doing this? I'm hungry, I said. I'm hungry, I groaned. But we made you what you are, Santa. Why would you eat us? I cried there, staring up at them. I cried, knowing how right they were. I can't eat my men. I can't eat my wife's cooking. I can't sleep in her bed. I am troubled. I am lashing out. We understand, they said. We will bring you better things to eat. Okay, I whimpered. I will try anything. They were about to fly away to the tropics, to the prairies, to the mountains, for me, for my stomach. When they saw me fall forward into the snow and scream out in pain, What's wrong, Santa? The beaks. I can't get the beaks out. We will be back, they yelled over their wings. We will find you a cure. They took too long to come back. I looked around for things to dislodge the beaks. I shrunk my middle little men and sent them in. My stomach just grew and grew, and pretty soon things stopped coming out. The men couldn't breathe, so I fiddled with their brains and changed that, but still, none came out. They only came back up my mouth. It said Santa, it's terrible. My wife had no sympathy as I grew. As I threw up most of the day after sending down my little men to mine, the bird beaks away. She said to me, you are pathetic. I said to her, look, at you. And she said, I'm fucking huge because I love candy. You're huge because you're full of birds and men and bile and blood and chips of beaks and tools and bones. And I said, but I still love you. As I gasped in pain. One morning, I woke up out of a nightmare in which the reindeer were all drinking blood from a slit in my foot, and the birds were tickling my stomach, filling my belly button with their beaks, and the fingers that raised me were brushing my hair way too hard. It was then that I figured it out. It was time to send the reindeer in. There was no need for a sleigh, no need for a little old driver. No little man, so lively and quick. I knew in a moment that I had to shrink them down, sharpen their antlers, and send them in. More rapid than my birds, they came. And I whistled and shouted, and for the very first time I called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the bottom of me, push through the walls. Now bash away, bash away, bash it all away as dry leaves that before the wind hurricane fly when they met the obstacle mounted to my inside. So up to the bottom, my reindeer flew and pushed out the beaks and part of my intestines too. When the birds came back, they found me a mess. The reindeer had emptied me. The little men were pulling their corpses out with spoons and rope, and I groaned. And I felt better. But I knew this was only going to get worse. Oh, Santa, they said. We came back with the kiri. It's too late now, they said. You should have waited. We have brought you a tonic that turns our beaks into a slurry. I told you it was a bad idea, my wife said. No, you didn't, I said. It was then that I had to give up and that was the end of Christmas because I knew I could never again make long trips. It was the night before Christmas and I found myself in the last little man's room going through his things. I found love letters to my wife, and they were gorgeous. They had a beauty, a depth of language and love that I couldn't have been, I thought, responsible for. But I must be, I thought. I am everything, and everything is me. Then I looked further and saw amazing things this little man had hidden from me through the years. and They were all made in awe of what was mine. Buried deep in the corner I found a pretty little hat box that had been sealed with wax and it had a little tag that read Merry Christmas, my love. I held it in my hands and knew what to do. I scrambled in the snow back to the house and then in a twinkling I was on the roof. I held my hands to the tiles and shuffled my boots. I drew in my head and spiraled around and around and. Down the chimney I came with a bound. I was dressed all in fur, as always, from my head to my feet, and my clothes were all tarnished with ash and soot and shit and little man blood. And the box I held tightly in my hands, and I must have looked like a stranger as I ran up to my wife. Her eyes, how they twinkled, her dimples, how merry, her cheeks were like roses, her nose like a cherry, and her droll mouth was drawn up like a bow and her sugary chin was as white as the snow. From her stumps, she held her sticks tight in her teeth in warm air encircled her head like a wreath. She had a broad face and a large round belly that shook when she snored like a bowl full of jelly. Despite my illness, I was still chubby and plump holding the gift of the tortured old elf and she opened her eyes and laughed when she saw me. I winked and twisted my head, and soon gave me to know that I had something to dread. She spoke not a word, but went straight to her work, and opening the box, looked in, and then turned with a jerk. And after laying my finger aside of her nose, I gave her a nod, and up the chimney I rose. I sprang back down to the window and peered in, as she opened her gift, She pulled out a doll, a baby with string, and when she pulled on it, I closed my eyes because I feared it was going to do something awful, but it just sighed. And when she pushed its belly, it whimpered and moved away from her, and when she brushed its hair, it said it whispered something I couldn't hear. I stood outside and looked at my wife. I could tell she was waiting for me to come back in. I brushed off my suit and came in through the door. I came up to her face and kissed her forehead. She was pretending to be asleep, but she was grinning. I wanted to tell her that I was sorry, that I had the world and shat it all away. When she opened her eyes and said, Merry Christmas. And I said, Merry Christmas. And she said, No, that's what it said. And I said, That's what it said? And she said, pretty corny, huh? And I said, as I pushed in her sticks, all of this is. every fucking second of it. Santa IBS written and performed by Chris Bauer music by Alan Scalpone